In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. This is Dr. Jim Tonkowicz, and you're listening to Wyoming Catholic College's weekly podcast, The Afterdinner Scholar. On March 25th, we commemorate Gabriel's visit to Mary, his message, and her response. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And so Mary became the mother of God, and as she sang in the Magnificat, all generations will call me blessed. The 2022 Solemnity of the Annunciation falls on this coming Friday. Monsignor Daniel Seeker is our Latin Rite chaplain here at Wyoming Catholic College, and I asked him to begin by telling us the difference between a solemnity and a feast. A solemnity is the highest rank of a celebration. And so, for example, Easter and Christmas, All Saints Day, the Ascension, Corpus Christi, and other celebrations of our Lord's life and certain saints are solemnities. And so on those days, it's uh, really the highest rank. Um, so we have the glory and the creed are always said on solemnities. Then the feasts are next in rank according to the current liturgical norms. And those are the celebration of certain saints and the feast of the archangels and the apostles. Um, the glorious prayed, but not the creed on those days. And memorials are the lowest rank or celebrations of saints and oftentimes the glory is not said on those days. So, But the term feast may be used of other celebrations is sometimes used uh, generally to re refer to a celebration, a special celebration. And so um, that would be the difference there in the solemnity of the Annunciation coming up. So the solemnities are feasts that have specifically to do with the life of Jesus? Well, there can be solemnities that are not, uh, but uh, especially yeah, the life of our Lord, they're concerning that, uh, the mysteries of our life of our Lord, yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. I mean, everything concerns our Lord, even if it concerns one of the saints, because they're saints of our Lord. Yeah. You know? Mary is the mother of our Lord, and so the solemnity of the Assumption, or uh, for example, the Immaculate Conception have to do with our Lord. So, And other solemnities as well. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now set the scene for us, if you will. Tell us about Mary, Gabriel, and the encounter between them. Well, I mean, of course, it's uh, narrated in the Gospel. The uh, Annunciation is uh, given to us in the Gospel, and uh, it happened in Nazareth. Uh, the angel Gabriel came to Mary, who was betrothed to Joseph, and said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. And so this is the uh, uh, scene that happened. And, uh, you know, it's so it's uh, a great event in history because um, it's a very interesting at the Basilica of the Annunciation in Nazareth, uh, where it's thought to be the home where Mary was when the angel appeared to her. Uh, instead of the line from the creed, verbum caro factum est, you know, the word was made flesh, it says hic verbum caro factum est, the word was made flesh here, in this <laughs> very place, you know. Well, you know, it seems to me that 
I mean, we don't know where Mary's house was in Nazareth, but you know, we've got we've got a we've got a guess, and we've built a basilica over it. What seems to me is important is Mary had a house in in Nazareth. She lived there. She was a real person with a real house, and you know, as uh, uh, John says, we're we're not following cleverly devised myths. Yes, indeed. Uh... Yeah, I remember when I went there on a pilgrimage group, Father Benedict Rochelle was leading the group, and he said, uh, quite typical of the New York sense of humor, if this wasn't Mary's house, it was somewhere on this block. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyhow, that's yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it uh, brings into history, into the here and now, uh, what uh, the mystery of the uh, eternal and uh, holy God uh, who comes into our present moment and our present time. So, Now, the church fathers used to say, death through Eve, life through Mary. How does the Annunciation open that up for us? The uh, interesting thing that uh, von Balthasar wrote some time ago about uh, the two uh, mysteries of March, one would be the Annunciation, and then the other would be the Passion of our Lord. And so the hidden event of the angel coming to Mary to announce that God had chosen her to be his mother uh, ultimately began the sequence of events. The word became flesh and dwelt among us that led to the passion of our Lord by which we are redeemed, you know. And so this is uh, the reversal of the sin of the first Eve. The new Eve gives her consent to God's will and through her, the Lord brings about the redemption. And so this uh, brings us the beginning of uh, human creation, sharing in the very life of God, so that God, the word became flesh and dwelt among us in the womb of Mary. As I read and meditate on the text, it seems to me that Mary exhibits no fear. Uh, bewilderment a bit, how can this happen? Uh, but no fear. Is that how you read it as well? And if so, why no fear? Well, I think Mary had been in conversation with God, and God is awesome and majestic. And so she knew the revelation of God, the scriptures of the Hebrews. And so she uh, considers this not superficially or externally. You know, yeah, I don't think it would have been fear in the same sense as for many of the Jewish people, for someone like an angel to appear to them, we don't know exactly how that all happened, but uh, an angel being pure spirit and being able to be present to Mary and speaking God's word to Mary. Um, but the Jews believed that if you saw an angel who was the representative of God, you could die. You know? And that we see that throughout the scriptures. They were afraid they were going, that was going to be the end for them. And so... Um, so the Annunciation is the moment when Mary knows, is given to know the vocation God has planned to her. And the angel says to her, do not be afraid. He's helping her to overcome the original fear. But yet the scripture tells us that Mary, you know, considered this. And she said, she asked the question, how, how can this be? It's very different than the other Annunciation of Gabriel that's recorded earlier in the gospel of, to Zechariah in the temple. So one happens in the temple, the other happens in the little town of Nazareth. One happens 
you know, to Zechariah, a priest, the other to this virgin who would have been practically unknown. You know, it seems like uh, Zechariah's unbelieving reaction is very different than Mary's. You know, Zechariah asked how he could know that this would be true. It's kind of a skepticism. But Mary doesn't ask for proof. Instead, she's asking for uh, how the angel's words would be fulfilled. So she accepts, and uh, hers is an attitude of faith, looking for understanding. And so, yeah, I think those are the things that I might say. Now, why did the church begin the celebration of the Annunciation on March 25th? There's a story there, and it tells us something about the date of Christmas. Well, of course, the usual gestation time is nine months, and it's nine months before the celebration of Christmas. And so the 25th, the Annunciation celebrates the conception of our Lord in Our Lady's womb before we celebrate his birth. Um, both are celebrations of the incarnation of the Lord, God becoming one with us. I think that with modern technology, we're more aware of the life in the womb. And uh, uh, yet the people realize that, you know, this was the beginning of human life. And so it's always been considered sacred, something sacred. You know, God didn't become an angel. Uh, he became a human being like us in all things but sin. And so the person Jesus was born of Mary. And so this uh, is something like St. Athanasius would say, God became man so that man could become God or like unto God. And so the Christian mystery is symbolized in that reality that uh, he, God became a human person in Jesus so that we through him could you know, share in the life of God. And so it's an interesting thing that there are two days in the current liturgical norms where we genuflect at the words of the creed when it's prayed on the solemnity uh, verbum et, et incarnatus est. Uh, he was uh, incarnate, and that's on the Annunciation and, and on Christmas uh, that we genuflected used to be done, you know, at every recitation of the creed in the past. But now that's uh, the special recognition of the incarnation uh, by this gesture of the genuflection with those words of the incarnation at the creed. And also this uh, solemnity, although it was held to the 25th, is transferred when the 25th sometimes falls during Holy Week, which is a higher liturgical rank now. So sometimes it's moved to after Holy Week, the first available. Cardinal Ratzinger, when he, Benedict XVI, before he was a Pope, he wrote that Jewish tradition gave the date of March 25th to Abraham's sacrifice, you know, his son Isaac. It's also the day regarded as the day of creation, the day when God's word decreed, let there be light. It was also considered very early on as the day of Christ's death, and then perhaps later the day of his conception, because the ancients had this idea that you would be born and die on the same day. Mm. And so uh, early Christians accepted this tradition was the day of creation and the day of Adam's sacrifice and the day of the in incarnation and the day of Christ's death. That's why, for example, on the martyrology, they have the good thief's feast day is on March 25th, because that was Good Friday when he stole heaven by, you know, saying, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Yeah, it's interesting that a couple of years ago, the Italian government established a Dante day, and they set it not on the day of the birth of Dante or his death, 
But on Good Friday, on the March 25th, which was the traditional day for Good Friday, because that's when he began his journey in, in the Divina Commedia, you know. So, so anyhow, there's this significance that, uh, you know, it, it's different in the Northern Hemisphere and the Southern Hemisphere now, but it's from ancient times and connections that people made. Well, and I understand that the date of the Annunciation was set first, so, and then Christmas they added nine months. Rather, yeah, I'm not certain than... about that. There are there are different uh, historical uh, studies that have been done. Uh, some say the pagan celebration followed the Christian, but others say the Christian was based on the pagan. I think probably there was, you know, more than one thing happening at once. Probably the the Annunciation or the conception of Christ, the incarnation, and the death of Christ were celebrated before the, the birth of Christ, you know, Christmas. Because you remember the more ancient celebration of Christmas is Epiphany, is manifestation. And so, um, you know, the 25th of December is more celebrated in the West than it is throughout the Universal Church. What are the plans for celebrating the Annunciation here at Wyoming Catholic? Well, and the students get a day off, they'll like that. There's no <laughs> classes that day. Uh, we'll have a special mass and the Solemnity of the Annunciation and the Byzantines also celebrate the same Annunciation. Uh, well, some of our students are, have been preparing for their total consecration to Jesus through Mary. And so that will be made on that day. And so those are, you know, some of the ways that we'll uh, celebrate this uh, special day. And what do you hope our students and our listeners will take away from the celebration of the Annunciation? Well, I mean, uh, just what you has indicated that this is when God came to dwell among us. You know, the students have a custom before meals, we pray the Angelus. And this is a uh, traditional prayer that is uh, done at morning, midday, and at, uh, in the evening. And it's a recollection of the uh, saving events, uh, recounting the words from the scriptures uh, when the angel appeared to Mary. Angelus Domini Nunciavit Maria, the angel of the Lord declared unto Mary. And, uh, you know, the students had this devotion to kneel at the, the word became flesh. Uh, they make a genuflection. And that's a sign of recognizing the importance of this event and that it enters into our daily life. You know, this mystery is something that is very near to us. It's not just something to celebrate once a year, but really because we celebrate it so solemnly once a year, it helps us to, you know, rejoice in it every day. Mary was in obscurity in her times. No one would, in the world of her times would have very much known of Mary. She was in a little remote village, uh, you know, this a virgin who was betrothed, and the angel of God appears to her, and history has changed by her yes, her fiat, and so also that she was able to conceive virginally. You know, I think it, it also points to the importance of uh, the respect for human life and human dignity. You know, it was in 1995 that Pope John Paul II, St. John Paul II, promulgated his uh, encyclical Evangelium Vitae on the gospel of life, the good news of life. And so our Lord's uh, earthly incarnation began with his conception on this day of the Annunciation. I just happened to notice that Flannery O'Connor was... Uh, born on the uh, Annunciation. 
you know, and so she said her Catholic faith was so important to her that she writes the way she does because she's Catholic. And so her Catholic Catholicism very much influenced her and hopefully uh, the same will be true for our students that their faith in God will lead them in the ways that they do, the choices that they make in life. It was called Our Lady Day, you know, and uh, there was a beautiful hymn to the Blessed Virgin Mary. The maker of heaven and earth covered you with his shadow, O pure one, and came to dwell in your womb and taught us all to cry out to you, rejoice. Pope Benedict XVI wrote, quote, The Annunciation, recounted at the beginning of St. Luke's Gospel, is a humble, hidden event. No one saw it. No one except Mary knew of it. But at the same time, it was crucial to the history of humanity. When the Virgin said her yes to the angel's announcement, Jesus was conceived, and with him began the new era of history that was to be ratified in Easter as the new and eternal covenant. Close quote. On Friday, we have a special set-aside day to consider this amazing truth, this amazing event, this amazing woman. The Word became flesh because a young girl said yes to God. What might happen if we did the same? From Wyoming Catholic College, this is Dr. Jim Tonkowicz.